How many times have you been overlooked? How long have you felt that everything you do goes unnoticed? You may find yourself discouraged and feeling as if what you're doing simply isn't moving the needle or making a difference. Today, we're talking about the power that lies behind serving in secret and how we are equipped by the season of obscurity. We're looking into what Jesus had to say about the topic and what that looks like when we apply the principle to our lives. We can often feel discouraged because we don't feel seen, acknowledged, or appreciated. If you want to be free from that discouragement, ask yourself today, who is my audience? Who is it that I'm really doing this for? Is there some form of hidden agenda? And for a moment, think about the motive behind what you do. Do your motives align with kingdom motives? I titled this one, The Kingdom's Secret Service. Allow me to welcome you into a new episode of That's the Truth. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 13, and I am so glad you're tuned in, and I am excited to share with you part two of what we started back in episode number 11. If you haven't heard it yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one first. I am Jay Gallegos, and I am very passionate about learning and growing in life and growing spiritually and helping others grow as well. So I want to invite you to come and learn and grow along with me. My goal is to help others get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended us to be so we can be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. On the podcast, we focus on both spiritual and practical topics based on the Word of God. Most importantly, we share how to implement them to our daily living so we can become what God has called us to be one step at a time. If this is your first time with us, we drop an episode every two weeks, a teaching the first Friday of every month, followed by a conversation with the guest later in the month. Occasionally, we'll have some bonus content, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. You can also find more content like this in my blog, Inspired, to inspired.org. Also, a big thank you to everyone who has taken time to listen, provide feedback, and has shared the podcast on social media. I'm so appreciative of that. And it really helps extend the reach of the podcast as we invite others to join the community. This is part two of what we started back in episode number 11. So let's jump right in and talk about the kingdom's secret service. You may have heard the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, was known to have a plaque of a famous quote on his desk that read, There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. There is much to dissect within that quote. Ronald Reagan as president and commander-in-chief was in a seat of great power. I wonder if it was a reminder for him to lead with humility, transparency, sincerity, and with the well-being of others always in mind. He was obviously inspired by the quote enough to frame it and position it where he could see it every time he took a seat at that desk. Aside from what the quote stands for, ironically, Ronald Reagan has received more recognition for having the quote on his desk than the person who wrote it. In fact, it was not Ronald Reagan who wrote it. It was written by Charles E. Montague, an English journalist born in the mid to late 1800s. There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. I could imagine that Mr. Montague would not have minded that President Reagan received more credit for simply putting the quote on his desk My guess is that he would have been honored. 
And that is exactly what I want to share with you today. How to consistently serve at the highest level, disregarding who receives credit for the service you've done and taking into account any of the recognition that you could receive. Ask yourself, if you were never recognized for doing what you do, would you still do it? And that leads us right into Matthew chapter 5. Here, we see a Jesus that has now traveled throughout. He's called a few fishermen to follow him. He has performed a few miracles, turned water into wine, healed a few here and there. Nothing out of the ordinary, right? But without a doubt, he has officially begun his Galilean ministry. And up to this point, he has spent the first about year and a half of his ministry in preparation. The following day, after praying alone all night, he officially chose what came to be the 12 disciples. Shortly after, he shares his first and longest sermon ever recorded in the Gospels. Only Matthew mentions this, that Jesus sees the multitudes gather and he goes up on a mountain to teach what is known to be the Sermon on the Mount. I could imagine that after seeing the great number of people, what he sees is actually an opportunity. The Sermon on the Mount was a real culture shock. It was a contradiction to the common way of thinking, and until this day, the principles oppose all of our own standard logic, and I'll tell you why. Becoming like Jesus means living our life in clear reflection of his character traits that are rooted in love. Becoming like Jesus is not only claiming to be a follower, but also learning to think like him and learning to be like him. Applying the Sermon on the Mount to our lives challenges us every day to truly become what God has called us to be one step at a time. It teaches us what it really means and what it really looks like to be a true believer and a follower of Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount begins with the Beatitudes. You may have heard them, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. I would say blessed are those who read Matthew 5 through 7. I would encourage you to go back and read those chapters so you can have a better understanding of what we're talking about and what we're sharing. It also teaches to be the salt and light of the earth. It teaches that Christ was the fulfillment of the law. It talks about anger and murder. It talks about lust divorce, oaths, retaliation. It even touches on loving our enemies. And yes, it teaches how to love your haters. Then it goes a little deeper. When he begins talking about giving, praying, and fasting, he does it so gracefully. He circles around a theme that I find very interesting. It can be easily overlooked, and that is exactly what I want to show you. When we get to chapter 6 of Matthew, we see between the lines, the theme of kingdom motives versus the hollow motives of the religious that desire to be seen more than they were willing to serve. In fact, they were willing to serve as long as they were seen and recognized by others. In verse 1, Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus refers to practicing, giving, praying, and fasting, but it's all done in secret. When he talks about giving, he says this, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
when he refers to prayer, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to the father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When he refers to fasting, he says, but when you fast, do it in a way that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus was not denouncing ever doing good things in public. Actually, he encouraged both private and public service. He is referring here to the motives and the condition of our heart when the good deeds are performed. We could easily begin doing good things for the wrong audience. If we are doing good deeds for mere appearances, then God is not our primary audience. I'll say that again. If we are doing good deeds for mere appearances, then God is not our primary audience. We have to analyze the state of our heart. If we were never recognized, would you still serve? If no one ever knew you did it, would you still do it? Can you trust God enough to believe that he sees what goes unseen and overlooked? Let me remind you, God sees you. Nothing is overlooked by God. In episode 11, we touched a little bit on John chapter 7, and I want to revisit that for just a moment, but from a different point of view. Jesus' brother said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. Verse 4 says, For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. It was not recognition that Jesus was after. He came to seek and to save the lost, not to be seen and recognized for the things he did. He was not after the applauses of the masses. Jesus was more concerned with establishing kingdom rather than chasing clout. We live in a time now where we are exposed and encouraged to self-promote and produce ourselves publicly through all of the media platforms available, and they're all available at our fingertips. And I am not against it. I'm not opposed to it. But we cannot let the same agenda bleed into how we do kingdom work, because kingdom work is not always seen or acknowledged by people. It's not always applauded. God's kingdom has a secret service. If you understand and apply this concept, it will change your life in every way. This principle applies to your job, to your family, relationships, your church, your ministry, any position of leadership. It will reflect in your character. And watch, I'll show you how. In Colossians 3, verse 22 through 24 says, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartedly as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. We naturally have a desire to be acknowledged. As people, we want to be seen and appreciated. That's normal. It's nice to be recognized for the hard work, the hard effort, the sacrifice you put into any project. It's nice to be recognized for your gifts. Jesus teaches the principle of secret service. Serving, not expecting to be seen, but truly serving from the heart doing the right things for the right purpose. Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus became a servant to give the perfect example of what secret service actually looked like. The disciples were upset and arguing over who would take the highest position of power in his kingdom. They thought that the kingdom Jesus referred to was here on earth. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and establish his kingdom right there and then. That would actually be equivalent to overthrowing the White House today, along with the cabinet in power to establish a different government. Imagine that. So they argued over the highest position, thinking they were ready to sit next to him. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Serving with kingdom in mind does not come with self-entitlement. I'll say that one more time. Serving with kingdom in mind does not come with self-entitlement. If we do not check ourselves, we could fall into a mindset of entitlement where we expect to be noticed and acknowledged and the glory does not belong to us, but to God. I love what Proverbs 25, 6 and 7 say, do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Jesus shared the same proverb in the form of a parable in Luke 14, 11. Watch what it says. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. God sees what we do in private, and he will lift us up in public. God sees what your overseers often overlook. God rewards in full the service that is done in secret. And the true power comes from being faithful in the kingdom's secret service. We have to remain faithful in the season of obscurity. Some of the things that grow in obscurity are the things that tend to live the longest. Like the bamboo tree, it spends about four to five years underground or more before anything happens above ground. It's about four to five years of waiting and working patiently just to see nothing happen, except the repetitive process of watering and fertilizing year after year time after time and staying persistent and consistent with that process. But after the fifth year, it finally sprouts above ground and it grows to about 90 feet in only six weeks. Once it breaks above ground, it takes less time for it to reach the highest point than the time it took to develop underground. When you're most tempted to be seen, I want to encourage you to go back to sowing. When you're most tempted to be seen, go back to sowing. It's in the underground process that the critical phase of growth happens. If we are exposed too soon, the result can be short-lived. That's why you can't be too concerned with being seen too soon. If the product or the idea is exposed before its time, it can shorten the lifespan. Because the product is unfinished, it is unstable, and it is undeveloped. There is a reason why a baby requires nine months in obscurity to develop. It is dangerous if it exposed before time. It's good to be protected behind obscurity. You get to date yourself and you get to know yourself much better in obscurity. It's not punishment. Some may consider it as punishment, but actually obscurity is only an opportunity. It's an opportunity to fully develop to the highest potential before you break above ground. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. 
it is there in the least that we have to be faithful to be able to see the results that we want to see. God will protect in obscurity those he loves and has called to a greater purpose. I know and I understand that it's frustrating. It takes time and we have to be patient. But God protects in obscurity those he loves and has called to a greater purpose. Moses was hidden in a basket and sent floating down a river as protection. Jesus spent time in preparation before beginning his public ministry. Allow me to remind you that Elisha served quietly in obscurity after he was chosen. You don't hear much about him until he's ready to take the mantle later on. David went back to the sheepfold after being anointed long before he became king. The promise takes time. Sometimes delays and retention are are not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's better to slow down and get it right. The longer and the less traveled route is often better for experience, for wisdom, and for focus. God protects and he teaches and develops in the darkness of obscurity. It's our season of preparation. Obscurity equips us with the right tools, with the right language, with the right accessories, with the right support to be able to communicate our calling. Obscurity prepares us for the day that opportunity presents itself. When the opportunity presents itself, we're going to be prepared to be able to walk into our calling, into our destiny. There are things that we need to refine, and those kind of things take time, and sometimes we have to face those alone. It takes time for our mentality to change in the process. Jesus often prayed alone the most painful prayers. And today I'll leave you with this. Romans chapter 2, verse 6 through 9 say, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. Verse 8 says, But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. And allow me to encourage you today, don't be in a hurry to be seen. Do what is right, regardless if someone sees you or not. Focus on God always being your primary audience. And remember, there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. And at all times, serve faithfully in the kingdom's secret service. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you found this helpful in some way, let me know about it. I would love to connect with you on social media. In the description below, you will find some links. You can also visit the blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspiredtoinspire.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspire.org. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. If you like, you could help us reach others by leaving a good rating. You could leave a review or share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. And in the meantime, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer and becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless and we'll see you on the next one.